This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Okay, so uh, we're just going to have a short session here. We're first going to, I'm going to ask a few questions of Laura Chen. Uh, she is uh, CEO of uh, China Media Consulting Company. And um, she has a lot of experience uh, uh, working in the film industry in China as well as in Hollywood. So she's uh, like a bridge, and uh, uh, she's going to speak to us on the Chinese film industry. Um, so for now, we just want to talk a little bit about the film that we just saw, and I'll start by asking a few questions, and then uh, we'll turn to your audience and get some questions from you all. So, Laura, um, you know, it was uh, quite an uh, exciting film, and um, so I wondered uh, what the reception was like in China. Uh, how did this film go over with the Chinese audience? The uh, film did very well and opened in late December 2015 and uh, carried through to uh, the new year to 2016. Uh, first, uh, originally was scheduled for one month uh, for theatrical release, means in the cinema. Uh, but because the demand, they extended to almost two months. Mm. Uh, did very well on box office, uh, made about 137 million US dollars in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, internationally, in the US, did, uh, I believe, is a 1.4 million US dollars for those type of film is considered a high. Mm-hmm. Um, so did mm-hmm. very well box office. And uh, what do you think the Chinese audience liked about the film? And um, um, or anything uh, in particular that critics said about the film? For in general, because mm-hmm. this film is a kind of a Feng Xiaogang's film, even though he didn't direct this one, Guang mm-hmm. Hu did. But uh, most of the audience, I believe you would know, the uh, leading actor, Feng Xiaogang, he's a big film director, right? You know yeah. that. Uh, even the He Sui Pian in the late 90s, mm-hmm. 1997, 98, he started shooting film, the comedies, and those become the uh, box office, uh, big box office film uh, for quite a few years for mm-hmm. Huai Brothers. So uh, basically in North part of China, people like this film very much. Uh, his film is more because his, uh, the history of his film uh, most of it more appreciated and enjoyed by Northern part of the people. Mm. Maybe from the Changjiang uh, the Yangtze River, you go north, people enjoy this. When you go south, uh, Shanghai, Guangdong, people don't watch as much. But in Beijing, the reason they have strong demand is the northern China and also the northeast of China. They all really appreciate this film. Um, it's really pretty high in China. I looked online, uh, the IMDB rated 7.8 out of 10. Uh, for two of a Chinese website, one is called M-Time, which is equivalent to IMDB in China, 7.9. There, there's another film site, lots of people write a comment. Uh, 347,000 people wrote it, mm-hmm. and the average out 8.0 out of mm-hmm. 10. Uh, yeah. On Douban, so yeah. um, 
the people really like it. Okay. Um, one thing I noticed that was very stark in this film is the treatment of social class and unequal classes. Um, do you think that may be a reason that people really like this film? And also I wondered um, how did this treatment of a very sensitive issue get past the censorship? Um, if you watch the ending, those rich guys, they got into trouble. The father somewhere was kind of a typical corruption. They get caught. Right. So for he all sent of off that, that letter, right, to yeah. the uh, uh, disciplinary commission, right? Yeah, he sent it. Whether that's really from there or not, it's not very clear in the movie. Uh-huh. But uh, that's basically uh, so many people get caught. And uh, I mean, the bo- those bad, bad guys did the corruption. Mm-hmm. And so I think for that reason, they want to portray this way. They want to see, you know, the people, the little ones. And also in the end, you know, the kid, he won't have a bar. He opened the bar, right? So mm-hmm. that's just really the underdogs or mm-hmm. the little individual. They can make their dream. I think this is probably everybody like it. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't think any politically not correct in China. Okay, so it, it wasn't really a problem. Um, correct. Okay, because of the ending, the way that they resolved, uh, where the little guys um, were successful. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, maybe uh, we can go back to Feng Xiaogang. Um, he's uh, quite impressive as an actor. He won a prize at the uh, Taipei Golden uh, Horse Awards yeah. for the acting. But he's known for his screenplay and um, his directing. Right. Um, so he probably had a, a, a hand in writing this film, too. Uh, he didn't get a writing credit. Basically, it's Guan mm. Hu, the director. Uh, Guan yeah. Hu is doing very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure as uh, you know, Feng Xiaogang is there, deeply mm-hmm. involved. If something he feel need to do something, he would say something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I fully imagine he is very devoted to this cinema. Yeah. Okay, uh, maybe we can uh, turn to some questions from the audience. Uh, that you might have for Laura Chen. Thank you. Um, I had a question. You commented on how this did get a um, theatrical release in America, and I was wondering if you could speak more um, about that, about what that, not um, necessarily specific to this film, but about what the process is like um, having films be theatrically released in the United States. Actually, this specific one, I believe, is released by China Lion. China Lion is a theatrical distribution company based in China, but they have operations in here in North America, even in Australia, Europe, and so they regularly put film out. Yeah, they uh, before when they bought AMC in 2012, they already have a deal with AMC. Uh, So afterwards, they. That deal continue or not, but uh, China Lion has been uh, regularly distributed the Chinese language film. And is it owned by Chinese or yeah. is it an American company? No, it's a Chinese company. Yeah, ah, but okay. strongly supported by Chinese government too. Oh. Uh, 
they 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 have some difficult time financially try to make it run because uh, a lot of time film only make fifty thousand dollars. It doesn't really make financial sense. But on the other hand, they want to make sure the Chinese film is being seen overseas. So uh, the company and who owns this, Mr. Jiang, he has. Pretty good uh, working with the Chinese government, uh, work with film bureau. Um, they somehow he get film uh, like U.S. film released in China. Uh, they they make up this part. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, actually, actually, the the guy that I dealt with at this uh, distributing company uh, was an American, uh, white American, Euro American. Um, so uh, yeah, he has an office in Central City. He, he does hire Americans. Oh, okay. Yeah, they also do production those days. Okay. Yeah. Yes, Michael. I'm really interested in the distinction you made between northern audiences versus southern audiences, and I was wondering if you could talk about that a little bit more. Why is this so popular with northern audiences and not with southern audiences? And how would the film be different if it were made? For a southern audience, like if it were made by Johnny Toe, you mean maybe made by Zhang Yimou? No, um, Johnny Toe, the uh, Hong Kong filmmaker. Oh, okay. Um, this film, if you understand that the Chinese dialogue uh, is more Beijinger. For example, even the title uh, English is uh, uh, Mister Six, but Chinese is Lao Pao. Uh, but they have er in the end as Lao Pao. So, uh, like Hua Xiaozi, uh, the lady's uh, name, and those are very local slang, Beijing dialect. Uh, even you go, just go a little bit more south, people would not even pick up. They even don't understand what they're saying. Uh, so, in the here, they didn't exaggerate that, but used enough. I'm a native Beijinger, so I can hear all of this. Uh, that's why, just basically, people feel very local. But when the people are not familiar with those kind of dialect, they they don't really appreciate as much. So, is it dialect or is it narrative also? I mean, is this both? Yeah. Both. In what way? I'm I'm interested more in the narrative. Like the dialect is is you know one hurdle. Right, but I'm interested. Is there is there a way in which the story resonates differently with a northern audience than with a southern audience? Because, I think yeah. I think it's a more more language. Some culture language is stronger. If the if you just make it totally Putonghua, probably South people could enjoy just as much. But now some people when they hear the er, they're not really like that much. Can I, can I ask just one follow-up question? Why do a why do a film in China now when you know you have tremendous box? I mean, this did very well, but you have tremendous box office potential if you can do a nationwide film. So why do one that is more specifically oriented towards a northern audience? That's a very good question. I think could it be from the real story. Uh, they based in a novel, I believe, and that real story was happened in Beijing, and they used the same Xinjiao, uh, Houhai, all of those just typical Beijing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the reason. Really, is no reason they try to do something not mm-hmm. going to travel, but just happened. They feel it's a great story, and they want to do that. That's my understanding. I I also think there's a kind of um, north south gender difference. 
this to me felt like a, a bit of a hyper-masculinist film. I think Northerners tend to be a bit more masculinist um, than Southerners. So like the, the rich boy, the rich young boy with the white hair and the fancy uh, leather clothes and the fancy cars, he seemed a bit more like a Southerner to me. I mean, he's a bit more feminine. So I think the gender pre- presentation is different north and south. Um, just kind of a follow-up on that. What sort of themes might resonate more if a movie was made for Southern audiences? So maybe how would this movie change if it was for Southern audiences? Or if there was a movie made specifically for Southern audiences, what would that look like? Would there be this class divide? I mean, we heard a little bit about the, the masculinity, femininity issue, but what themes would be present? I think there are some films, for example, uh, right now, lots of Hong Kong film directors work in China uh, with a local Chinese film crew. Uh, a lot of film, they, their even dialect have some from uh, people speak uh, Mandarin, Putonghua, but with the accent of uh, Hong Kong, uh, their native language is more Cantonese. So uh, those kind of film are, you can see, pretty typical. It, North people enjoy that as well, but uh, you can see, even like A Mermaid is uh, Stephen Chaw, his film. And there are some speakers in the film, some uh, actors, they are from Hong Kong. Uh, those you can see some, you know, from the southern thing. But I, I don't think uh, the northern people say, because of that, we don't like it. They just enjoy it as much. Um, there was also, at the end, uh, there was rock music uh, by Cui Jian, China's first and most famous rock musician uh, and singer. Um, and that is very northern. So it's kind of similar to uh, the West, where northern people, like Scandinavians and uh, Germans and uh, Brits, they're really into rock music, but you go to Southern Europe, they're not so into Fran- French and um, Italians. They're, they're not so into rock. Same thing in China, too. The Southerners are not so into rock music. And um, my question is that um, the, about the casting of this film, because um, I feel that um, the two leading characters, um, the young actors, they are really, really popular in China. And they are singers, and um, like one of them has been trained in Korea, um, and he, uh, then he came back to China. But they, like they have like millions of fans, like on like Chinese um, network, uh, social network, and also like uh, I don't know whether you've noticed there were three boys singing in that uh, word. It was like. Yeah, they have like millions of fans, like on like um, tr- like Chinese like Twitter, Chinese Weibo, like it's like the Twitter counterpart of Twitter. So um, it's made me feel like really strange to see these three um, two actors, like because they are two, their acting styles was too different. It, I like kind of like make me like <laughs> feel like I'm out of a play, like like for a moment. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering like the box office was really good, but I'm wondering like how like um how much like did the fans contributed to that? I mean, it's like a phenomenon mm-hmm. now. The interesting thing about this film 
that even though they're so popular, the film is really slanted towards the older generation, right? It's really from the point of view of the older generation. And it's these young punks who have no principles. So the valuation, it seems to me, of the film is um, so putting these uh, highly popular young people kind of a little lower. So that, I think that was an interesting move of the film. Actually, you made a very, very good point on this toward older people. Um, right now in China, normal film box office, one is a high, a lot of young people go their average age like 20, 20 and a half, 21. But for this film, a lot of people in their 50s, 40s, <laughs> they want to see it. Uh, I think that's also made a contribution for the box office. Okay. Yeah. So both yeah. young and old. Yeah, go because to yeah. what they did is, uh, if someone lived through 1960s, 70s, they would remember many of those, mm-hmm. uh, the scene, mm-hmm. uh, the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, people really appreciate that, so they went to see that. Yeah, and yes. also during Chinese holidays mm-hmm. was the end of the year, yeah. beginning of the uh, yeah. Yeah. New Year, uh, I mean 2016, but it's the Chinese New Year time. Hi, I'd like to, uh, this has been such a fascinating discussion. Uh, I would like to hear from you, uh, you know, looking to the future of uh, Chinese filmmaking and also the distribution of Chinese film in the West and internationally. What are some of the trends that you see? Uh, what do you think is going to be the, the near future of uh, Chinese filmmaking? I know that's a very broad question, but I think you're beautifully placed to be able to answer that. Thank you. Um, great question. Uh, I think gradually is going to be getting better. The story will be told more, can be understood by more international audience. Also, the, the, the way of making film. Uh, right now, the Chinese film crew constantly show up in LA, try to find someone who is you know, very experienced, whether it's animator or you know, feature film uh, writer. They try to work together. So it takes time for really West and the East you really work together on one, two project together. But if you t- look two examples, um, recent uh, co-production, one is Kung Fu Panda 3. They really did a two version. Uh, <laughs> they have the English version, you know, they make the animation, you can see the mouse movement, everything. Then they have a crew uh, that lead by Teng Hua Tao, who is the film director for uh, what is the film in English? I don't remember. It's a one very popular uh, film director, and he directed the, the Chinese portion. And so they later dubbed that. And then he and his crew, Teng Hua Tao, spent three months in, in the U.S., try to understand the creative process here with uh, DreamWorks animation, then they went back to China. They constantly working on that. So really it's two different film. That's one example. Another example- For two different audiences on both totally. sides of the Pacific. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And another film is a recent uh, Disney nature film, uh, Born in China. Uh, the, the film in China is already exhibited, is already in cinema, uh, 
我们诞生在中国，born in China, is a Chinese female actress did a voice narration. Then there will be a version in the U.S. Uh, will be released in April 2017 uh, on the Earth Day. So this can be another very successful example. Other people challenged me, saying, "Look, these are animals, you know, <laughs> Disney nature and animation." When you come to human being, how do you go over that? I think gradually people find a way. Right now, Warner Brothers uh, and also the Chinese a few parties there produce film. Um, and Hui Brothers have ambition produce English language film. I think gradually they get there, but it takes you know probably. Perhaps a few years, maybe a couple of decades, really get there. But in the meantime, a film will pop up. Once in a while, you will say, "Wow, that's a very good story." But you may see some other, you know, you you really feel, "I wish that can be better." Now we all all want to see um, the Greater Wall, which will the be shown. Yeah, the oh. Greater Wall. What is it? Is uh, Zhang Yimou's directing? I mean, he basically finished. Is uh, the film will be released in China in December, The Greater mm. Wall. Mm. Um, Matt uh, Damon is uh, leading oh. that. Oh, Matt uh, Damon. Yeah, <laughs> okay. and that will be released. It's really a joint production. Yes, a hundred sixty-five million U.S. dollar production. Mm. So uh, it's a legendary picture. Universal will release in here. Uh, they put the dates. To February 2017, I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, the China version still open in uh, December this year. Uh, I believe the China version, at least I hope, that mm-hmm. can do better and get some money back because 165 yeah. million uh, production that's need to make 480 million to make it break even. Uh, need to be three times of that. So we'll see how that works. Yeah, uh, I hope the low-budget film eventually students' film um, they can maybe break some ground because you know um, you, you use low budget and uh, you tell a good story and that may start working. That's something I I think and hope. Yeah, it seems to me there's a lot of、um, despite all these differences between these two countries. Through film, there seems to be this momentum that has、uh, started of really intermeshing, th- especially through these co-productions. So,、uh, for example, this film is made,、uh, Mr. Six is made primarily for a Chinese audience,、Probably. and and but the techniques and the filmic language, it seems, China has、uh, Chinese filmmakers have come such a long way. Because when I, I remember when I first started watching Chinese films in the 1980s, yeah, it really dates me.、Uh, you know, the pacing was so slow. You know, you could just snore several times. You know, so, so. But now this kind of film, they have gotten a grasp of a more universal kind of、uh, filmic language, very fast-paced editing, different kind of camera angles, and so forth.、Um, so why is it though? That they can still make、um, a film for a Chinese audience, like today's film, that speaks a much more universal filmic language. Why do they want to bring all these、uh, Hollywood people, like Matt Damon, and then、uh, there was that Christian、uh, Bale in that film、uh, by Zhang Yimou too?、Uh, to try to, why do they want to do these joint productions? Uh, 
to mesh with American or Hollywood uh, types? What is the um, motivation behind this? I think they want a box office. I feel those people have the 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 way to bring people into cinema, but unfortunately, you know, um, sometimes doesn't always work. That's why I really hope low indie, independent, low budget film, student film. You know, right now lots of Chinese students studied in the U.S. They grew up in China, so they have the roots over there. They have the concept, like educated here. Um, and those people telling story could be really from international perspective. Um, they mm. may break through. Yeah. That's what I really hope. Well, and we have the example of Li An, right? Ang yeah. Li. Uh, he was from Taiwan, and he studied in the U.S. at NYU, and then he started making film that appeals to audiences everywhere. Yeah. Yep. So. Okay. So thank you very much, uh, all thank of you, you, for coming. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.